The LGBTQ plus community in the San Gabriel Valley is widespread but welcoming. We are many people from many different walks of life, and this podcast seeks to share those differences. From Q Talk Radio and the San Gabriel Valley LGBTQ Center, welcome to Color Me Queer. Hello, 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 hola, hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining the San Gabriel Valley LGBTQ Plus Center on episode three of Color Me Queer. As you know, it's your girl, Camila Camelion. My pronouns are she, her, and ella. I currently sit as the president of our board of directors and also the host for this fabulous show. I am so excited to welcome today's guest. We have been working together for many years. They have a very special place, not only in my heart, but in the heart of the San Gabriel Valley. I'm sure they can talk more about the work that they do. So without further ado, please, please, please put your podcast hands together because I'm sure you're listening to this auditorially for Cassandra today. Thank you so much for being here, Cassandra. Oh, thank you. I'm excited. Yes, it's so exciting to be here with you. For folks that are curious, Cassandra currently sits as our volunteer coordinator for the organization and has sat as a board of directors alumni member in the past as well. So really thinking about this work, Cassandra, and stuff that you've done in the past, I'm curious, what has your previous work been in and what are some of the passions that you have? All right, thank you. That's that's a good question. Um, I I didn't volunteer too much, um, but I did in um, when in community college. I had volunteered with um, Circle K, which is a community service uh, organization, yes. <laughs> and so that was kind of my um, first step, I think, in taking a leadership uh, position as a secretary and I had volunteered for a couple years. So I, I always knew that I wanted to help and you know just kind of navigating and figuring out where I wanted to help. Um, and with Circle K, it was kind of like, we helped with all, all kinds of events and um, things like that. So um, now my passions, um, I guess it would have to be, um, like working with uh, environmental sustainability and um, now with the center, uh, it's really just helping others and supporting others uh, that that I found um, and that I find really exciting and fulfilling. Thank you for saying that. And thank you for also talking a bit about Circle K. I know they definitely have a special place in my heart as well, just like the Kiwanis Club. And in my undergraduate um, or my high school when I was in Key Club as well. And they're all related in some form of a manner, but I definitely very service-based organizations. And I think it speaks to the heart that you have for this type of work. So I'm curious about, uh, you know, thinking back many years ago, how did you first find out about the SGV LGBTQ plus center? Yeah, I, um, I found it through meetup uh, actually, but um, yeah, it was, uh, I was just looking online to find groups uh, of LGBTQ folks. And um, I, 
I, I came, you know, I came back from college and I was just wondering what's what's around the San Gabriel Valley. You know, there's got to be something. And so when I saw uh, the center, I was like, oh, this is perfect, you know, and a great way to, to get involved and meet other people. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, I, like you, also came back from my undergraduate and was like, there has to be something for LGBTQ folks like me. And just a simple Google search, you know, and any type of city, it's um, actually our most highly viewed way that people find us. They just put in their local cities, such as Glendora or Arcadia or Pasadena, and they'll just put the word LGBT or LGBTQ. And it's how people find our page. And so I think it speaks to your journey. It speaks to my journey. And I'm sure it's to some of the listeners here as well. They're also thinking, wow, that's how I found it too. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for sharing that. Um, and so in thinking about this, these uh, in your time with the center, I'm curious, what is the most impactful event that you've attended maybe as a participant? So somebody that's actually going to have some fun. Oh, I want to say our fundraiser was a lot of fun. Um, and we had it at um, a well, we had a brunch party um, fundraiser with um, a drag show and just seeing the seeing everyone come together and have a good time was it was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, I hope that I look forward to, uh, you know, more events in the future when we can get together again. Yeah, and I think that, um, I, you know, if there's something that I remember being a drag person and seeing you is you definitely live for the performers. So I appreciate the energy that you bring when you show up to a place and just enjoying it, you know, as a participant as well. So thank you for saying that. And I'm sure all of the drag performers listening to this podcast appreciate it as well. And so in thinking about stuff that you've hosted with the center in these past couple of years, what is your favorite event that maybe has been hosted by the SGV LGBTQ plus center? My favorite event probably was volunteering with the pride prom in, um, where was oh, it? My heart. <laughs> um, Pomona. Right. And again, it's, it's just seeing community together. I don't know. I think for me, that's just so impactful and, um, you know, something I, I, hadn't had before and so seeing it is just really beautiful yes and thank you for talking about the pride prom for those of you who are curious and might be going through our instagram to be like what pride prom are they talking about we hosted a pride prom with da center of the arts i believe in was it 2019 or two i know 2018 we hosted it at the church but 2019 was da center of the arts in pomona so before all of this covid panini um, but really thinking about fun events, you know, I remember hearing really great stuff about that event and also the fact that the adults loved it. They had a space to also share with their kids having a good time. Thank you for saying that. I'm like thinking about my favorite event too. I definitely have a handful of them. <laughs> and so um, in thinking about the work that you've done, what is maybe one thing that we haven't done as a center that you wish to see with your time here in, with the organization? I think one of one of the things is um, maybe uh, a, a mentoring program of some sort. Uh, I think it would be great to 
I mean, we do. We have our support groups, uh, all all of our programs, our new programs that have uh, started, and I think they're they're in itself a great kind of mentoring um, type of uh, group. But seeing maybe uh, a career fair or a networking mentoring type of event where um, it may not be, it may be a one-time event, or it could be something that is ongoing and just. Um, kind of having people get to know one, one another and maybe um, having mentors because that's something I never had. And uh, I, I, I never really knew too much about mentoring or like mentors. I heard, you know, people have mentors and I, I just, it was never something that I thought about. And so I think um, that could be really helpful in um, a lot of youth and even, you know, for me too, <laughs> to be honest. Yes. And thank you for saying that. And I know you're probably saying that because, you know, it pulls at my heartstrings as someone who has been a product of many leadership development programs. I do think that it's important to think of the ways that mentoring or as some LGBTQ folks um, like to use as well, the word femtoring, uh, thinking about the ways that leadership development plays into their roles and to just how they can live in their fullness. And so I, I'm excited to hear that. And definitely we're going to go back to the, the drawing board so we can think about something for, if not this year, within the near future as well. So I'm really excited. And so um, in thinking about the past couple of years of the work that we've done as a center, I'm curious, what would you say is one of our biggest accomplishments? Or if you'd like to take a, a form of ownership, what would you say is one of your biggest accomplishments um, in your time? Yeah, I, I like this question. Um, and I, I wrote some notes on um, on it. But I I would say, you know, we, we started, at least I, I, I started uh, with, with the center. And I, we definitely, I would say, um, spread ourselves thin. And uh, it, it's hard when you do that, right? Um, but over the over the years, we've really been able to figure out what it is that we need and having that structure together. And then, you know, being able to continue building on top of that, that's that's um, been really amazing to see. And we've seen as you know, as a volunteer coordinator, I've seen all these um, new volunteers come through and, you know, people want to help. And yeah, I would say um, just not spreading ourselves too thin and realizing um, within our capacity what we can do um, and help. And yeah. <laughs> Wow. You know, the most impactful things that I'm hearing right now is really that words, people want to help, you know, and I would have to say you're definitely being humble because in your role as volunteer coordinator, I think you've been able to take the position in a way that it really needed that tender love and care TLC folks for anybody who looks like acronym, but really thinking about the ways that um, we've grown not just within this past year, but within these past couple of years um, since you and I have served on the board of directors and also since you started serving as a coordinator and really, I would say, uprooted the system and changed it to the form of ownership that it is today. And I would say our volunteers um, have such kind words for you. <laughs> and definitely um, you have a you have a place in my heart and you have a place in the heart of many people because 
this project wouldn't have been done without that need, uh, without that love for family that I feel for you. And so it's just so, so powerful. But we have a couple more questions that I do want to navigate with you in our time here for today's episode three, which is, I'm curious, in your role as volunteer coordinator, what's something that you might have learned about yourself um, in this role? Yeah, uh, you know, I I was uh, previously serving on the committee with um, the communications, and uh, I... Well, I, I would say um, taking charge. <laughs> it's it's being able to have those to realize that you know we all have those leadership skills. You know, it may come in different forms, um, but having that confidence in myself to be able to help put whatever the volunteer committee looks like, or um, how you know how can I help the center in the way that I know. Um, yeah, really just highlighting the skills that we have or that I have uh, that I never really acknowledged. Um, yeah, I, I would say that. Cassandra, thank you so much for being here with us today. I really appreciate the answers that you provided already for our conversation. I do have one that I think is very important, not just to you, but to the whole world. Um, in terms of thinking about environmentally conscious work, and I know it's very near and dear to your heart. Can you speak about some actions folks can take to help our planet? (laughs) Thank you. I, you know, I'm definitely no expert. I'm still learning myself. Um, You know, it's only been a few years I've started to learn more about, you know, being aware about um, the environment. But um, tips, I I guess I would say... um, Join an organization or a group. It could be a local group. It doesn't have to be one that's uh, like, you know, going to protests and things like that. If you're not comfortable, like it's definitely just um, joining a group that is uh, local and just with like minded people. Um, you know, I, I work with Green Circle in the Altadena Pasadena area. Um, and, you know, it's kind of an educational um there's like an educational component and also ways in which we can help our environment and doing um, active work. And um, yeah, I would say be, take it slow. um, And you'll, you'll start to learn a lot about the environment and, um, and the way that we think about the consumption that we, we do. Um, So yeah. (laughs) And I do want to add one that I know you didn't say, but you do also uh, actively do is carry, don't use disposable um, utensils. I know you carry around uh, a utensil set with you when you go out, correct? Yes, definitely. I mean, there, there are a lot of little things that you can do. And um, uh, yeah, I could talk, I could talk a whole lot more, but um, just little things like that definitely is a good start. 
Yes. And you're definitely being humble. But thank you so much. I, I think it's very important to bring this topic up, especially now. Um, and all of the work in many of the, of the years that we've been on, Cassandra and I have always talked about eco-consciousness and how we can bring it up into, um, you know, this area. And I think really the last year and being an online organization because of the because of COVID-19, we've been able to really reduce our carbon footprint, I'd say. Um, in the past, we've done a lot of, um, you know, first, like, just easily disposable stuff like any other organization. But since we're not offering any in-person spaces, it's allowed us to reduce our carbon footprint in a way that I think really needs to happen, not just with our organization, but to every organization that is out there. So if you're take, listening to this, please go to that website, get yourself your metal straws, please. And also on top of that, go and maybe get yourself a little bamboo set of utensils as well that you can probably have laying around with you. And I think this next one is very near and dear to uh, the state of current affairs. And so Cassandra, if possible, how does it feel to be both LGBTQ and API these days? Yeah, that's, you know, it's, it's heavy um, to think about the things that are happening um, now and, and even before, but um, seeing that uh, hate and hate crimes uh, against Asian Americans are being, or Asians in general, are, are um, happening. It's, it, it's, there's a lot more worry, definitely. And, um, you know, like before, before COVID, it hadn't been a huge, you know, in, in personally, it hadn't been quite a huge um, worry being Asian. And, and I understand that's a privilege too. Um, but, you know, before that, it was, it was folk, me focusing on being LGBTQ and being out in the world. And then now kind of adding on to that, it, I, it's kind of like the API aspect of it um, gets gets pushed to the forefront and like unfortunately I do worry you know when I'm when I'm out um so it's you know I, I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of great organizations and community coming together um and supporting each other so uh, at the same time I feel you know more united with um my you know fellow API folks and also allies um together Thank you for saying that. And I really just want to thank you for your vulnerability in this question. You know, I think it's something that needs to be talked about, not just with folks who might identify as API or Asian, but for folks who might really think about how they can be accomplices to the community. And so in this question, I hope to hopefully have sparked some of the listeners to understand that yes, we do need to work for the collective liberation together. And it's not just about uh, one community member because all some of us are and all of us are hurting. And really thinking about this last year, I think it's very important and very apparent the hate that is around for not just our LGBTQ plus identity, but also thinking about the intersections of our own race as well. Mm. Mm, hit me right here. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. So we do have one last question for you. And it is our favorite question that we end all of our podcast with. If you could describe your aura, what would it look like? Is there a color you're thinking of? What would it look like? 
Yeah, I would say the green and the blue of nature, you know, and the mountains, the brown, you know, you got like everything, really. It's just、um, peace and quiet and, and nature. I think that's, that's how I feel and how, yeah, I guess I would describe myself. Thank you for saying that. And I also want to advise we had a conversation a couple of weeks back, and you just became a plant parent as well. <laughs> and so I'm looking at your screen, I'm seeing the beautiful plant behind you, and I'm like, that is,、yeah. that is you. You are the soil, you are the roots, you are the plant. And you definitely have rooted yourself in this organization into a beautiful, I would say, blossoming seed. Of liberation. And I'm so excited to see the work that you continue to do with the organization. And I'm so excited to see what happens for the future for all of us as LGBTQ folks. Thank you all for being here. Thank you so much for joining us on episode three. I really appreciate you, Cassandra. From every piece of my heart, I just want to say thank you. I know the volunteers, thank you. I know the board of directors, thanks you. And I'm sure. There are people in the future who are going to see you and they're also going to thank you. And so, from every piece of my heart, thank you for being a part of episode three of Color Me Queer. And for you listeners out there, if there's any way that they can follow your work, Cassandra, is anything you'd like to leave them with?、Uh, maybe、uh, the volunteer email? Excellent segue. <laughs> yes, no, definitely、uh, reach out to us at volunteer at sgblgbtq.org. And、uh, sign up anytime. Yes, thank you all so much for listening in on episode three of Color Me Queer. We hope to have sparked a little bit of light into your life. And on top of that, we hope that today's conversation left you supercharged to also become an environmentally conscious accomplice. We thank you all so much for supporting the SGV LGBTQ Center, and we look forward to seeing you on episode four. Here's Camila signing out. Talk to you later. Bye.